oomphs of the pod hey it's connor welcome to another week of drama another incredible episode and we are bringing you a topical star on the rise who's actually just wrapped up a week playing fanny bryce and funny girl on broadway which is incredible julie banco you're gonna love also she was in spring awakening so of course we had to have her on the pod. But while I have you here, before you listen to that chat, I want to tell you about our Patreon, patreon.com slash thedramapodcast, where for $5 a month, you get access to extra weekly bonus episodes between the twins. Hello, you're going to love. And also you get access to our close friends story on Instagram, aka the most coveted close friends on the theater interwebs. Come on, you know you want to be a part of it. Go and subscribe at patreon.com. Join the Patreon fam because what is drama and Patreon if not Patreon? Enjoy this episode with Julie. Like us on every social media platform you can possibly fathom because it's Pride Month and you need to support your queer content creators. We love you. You're going to love this. It's time for the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, how are you doing today? I'm so good. I have the day off of work, which is random as hell. And I know when you told me that I was like, is there like a bank holiday or something? No, I mean, we maybe, but we get off the Mon- the Friday and Monday before and after Memorial Day, Labor Day and 4th of July, which is so oh chic. Goodness. It's so I I, I, it's it's incredible. I mean, I haven't had a four day weekend since I was famously unemployed for a year and a half during the pandemic. So this is really fun. Um, Every day was a weekend. <laughs> I kind of missed that. But anyway, Dylan, (laughs) I'm so excited because breaking Broadway news that won't be breaking by the time this comes out, but Into the Woods is transferring to Broadway. I know. Are you so excited? I'm so excited because I didn't get to see the concert that everyone was talking about. And it's also probably my favorite song time. I know. I don't, yeah. It's It's one of those, it ages so well. And I mean, I feel like we, you know, we've been doing this podcast for so long. We, of course, have the Ring of Keys moment. I feel like Into the Woods has been so many folks' Ring of Keys moment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Oh, my God. It's so good. And I, I, I did get to see the, the, the City Center production, which was random and love, love, true luck. But um, from a friend of the pod. From a friend of the pod. reached out. Catherine, know, right? Kind of gagged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I'm really, really sad about one person who's not coming with the production, that they're not in it. But actually, I'm going to save it for later. I think you know oh, what okay. I'm going to save it for. But oh, anyway, we'll it's so good. I mean, Sarah Bareilles, Dylan. You know I love. You know I love. Broadway star. Broadway star. I mean, we knew from Waitress and, of course, Jesus Christ Superstar Live, but she's yeah. a Broadway star. She really uh, is. Talk about just like a unique voice. And I can't wait to hear her take on all of the songs. But she makes choices. Now, who is playing your role? Because, you know, we did do the show in high school. Gentle we brag. Did. Gentle brag. We and did. you were Rapunzel's prince. Yeah, it's going to be Joshua Henry. Oh, wow. He was not in the city center, right? No, he wasn't. And I oh. feel like, no no disrespect to Brian Darcy James, who's going to be amazing, but I would have loved Joshua Henry as the baker. Oh, yeah, he would have been amazing. He would have been amazing. So good, but it's going to be great. 
Well, anyway, you could anyway, like you yeah. could rearrange so many of those folks, yeah, and and just and have a different show every other week, and it would be amazing, and everyone in the different roles. I can't wait. We need to get someone from the show on the pod. Anyway, enough pod planning, enough into the woods talk, because I'm also excited about something else. Another another revival, another revival. We're going to discuss a star, someone we go way back with, because whether you know, they know it or not, whether they know it or not. <laughs> well, you know, we as as guilty ones, we've had many a Spring Awakening cast member on the pod. I mean, mm-hmm. our first episode was Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, we've had Lily Cooper. Yeah, we've. Ben Moss. You're going with, you're just going to name them all, aren't you? Andy Mientes. We really, <laughs> really, really have had. Anthony Lee Medina. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone through the whole. Well, the especially whole the first national tour, our totally trucked peeps were, were the ones that we. Totally trucked. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you know what? We have much to discuss all that and more. And I'm going to bring our guest in. So our guest today is the greatest star. She is currently the standby for the role of Fanny Bryce in the first ever revival of Funny Girl on Broadway. For her performances at the August Wilson Theater, she has been praised as a theatrical revelation. And for truly shining on stage, New York audiences have also been treated to her turns in Fiddler on the Roof, Cassette in the 25th anniversary of Les Mis, and of course, understudying Venla and Ilsa in the first national tour Spring Awakening. That's right, she's the latest from our Guilty Ones fam to come to drama. Our guest is a recipient of the Wild Award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical for her performance as Girl and Once. She also received a Broadway World nomination for her portrayal of Louisa in The Fantastics, as well as Theater Bay Area Awards and SF Critics Circle Awards Best Featured Actress in a Musical nominations for her take on Bella and Rags. As a writer, she won an honorable mention for her first short, The Newlyweds Guide to Physical Intimacy at New Faces, New Voices Film Festival. Her debut jazz album is available now, aptly titled Introducing Julie Benko. Please welcome to drama, Julie Benko. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, Julie. Hi. It's so nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm to, I'm so thrilled to be here joining the ranks of all of the the Spring Awakening alums. I I, uh, I actually I listened recently to John Gallagher Jr.'s episode. So oh my gosh, yeah, we really we didn't hide any any fanboy. <laughs> we held nothing back, and you know he was tickled by it all. I mean, he was. he's he's amazing. He's so mm-hmm. amazing. I've I've never actually met him, but I've just I fangirl him. Me. You know, yeah. I I so I. I feel like you. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see him in Spring Awakening? When? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Oh my he gosh! Was so God. good. I want to talk to you all about your journey with Spring Awakening, which you know, as we mentioned before we started recording, has been what thirteen years. There's obviously more pressing mm-hmm. things to discuss, such as- <laughs> like the like the Into the Woods revival, which, uh, by the way, like I I got up yesterday morning and I was like boop 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 on my Instagram, and then I saw like they made the announcement was out first thing, and I went. <gasps> I, I gasped. I audibly gasped. And then, cause I couldn't see the concert and I, you know, cause of our schedule. And then I clicked on it on the website and it took me to their ticket website and it said tickets go on sale at 10 AM. And I immediately texted my husband, my sister and my best friend. And I was like, who's we're going. <laughs> um, and, and my, my best friend who was uh, in Fiddler with me, Jenny Rose Baker, we were friends since before Fiddler got cast. So it was crazy. So we were both ready to buy tickets for all of us. Like I was on the computer. She was on the computer and the phone. (laughs) Like she, you know, we, we had one date I can go to because of our funny girl schedule. Mm. This is what I learned from the app. 
because on we were on the phone, both trying to book tickets, you know, see who got in first. And I was on the queue like I and she was she had bought all our tickets on the phone before I even got into a queue on the computer. Wow. So, so use the app. They probably prioritize the app because they really want to make sure that people are like using their service and maybe it takes a different yeah. fee or something you or, know. or something. But yeah, I learned from that. I was like, oh, wow. OK, use the app. And uh, and it turns out the only reason they have that random Sunday night show is that it's opening night. Oh. So I accidentally got tickets to opening night. I <laughs> love it. That'll be amazing. Wait, who were you most excited about in this in the show? Oh, I don't know how to pick. I know, right? Um, it's just such a stacked cast. I mean, I love Sarah Bareilles. I love Joshua Henry. I love Philippa Sue. Yes. You know, I mean, like there's just so many. And then, of course, the people who are transferring. You know, I mean, I know Sarah's transferring. I, I'm just. I I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. Yeah, oh God. I'm so excited too. I, I got us tickets as well for when Dylan's coming to to visit. It's gonna be great. It's gonna Do be. Do you great. use the computer or the app? <laughs> I use the computer. I know. I know. It was the computer, and it was actually like an hour into it. So maybe, and I I was queued up though. It was maybe a ten minute wait to get in. But then once I was in, I was in. Like I could look at different dates. It was very strange. Hmm. Yeah, I know. But anyway, anyway, okay. All that's to say, Julie. Are you well? How are you doing? You know, I'm good. I'm like up and down. I, I'm I'm healthy. I've got a really cool job. Like that's all good. Some of my family have COVID right now. So I'm a little like worried about them and and worry, you know, they seem to be doing okay, like double boosted, double vaxxed, all the stuff. But you know, then long COVID. So, you know, worried about that. And Obviously, I think it's just been a hard week, um, you know, given the shooting in Texas. And it's just been like a very emotionally exhausting time because you're just it's just like I just feel like so angry. And so at the end of our rope, like I grew up in Connecticut, you know, close close ish to Sandy Hook. And like um, my my uncle is a rabbi and he was like the Jewish chaplain on site at Sandy Hook. And I know people who lost children and or lost you know lost family members in that shooting so it's just it's like the fact that we're a decade later and like i have no words so not to bring it down you know but it's it's just so upsetting to like live in this country i know and and to feel like we're held hostage by by this very small minority of people who who have a hold like this this hold on this huge national party you know that yeah. it's just it's really frustrating so i'm i'm well in some ways and i'm just i'm still really upset you know i know I, I feel the same way it's mm-hmm. it's an absolute tragedy it's devastating and one part of it that i'm still trying to grapple with is how we're supposed to just go about our normal jobs and lives and not and we're supposed to just not be distracted and not be thinking about it and not be grieving and feeling mm-hmm. empa- you know empowered to go and make change when i found out people were at work we were in the middle of our work day and everyone was just like oh my god back to their computer right another one yeah another you know, one we've so desensitized to it and it's like it just doesn't have to be this way it's just right it just doesn't have to be this way and like what do we have to do like everyone just like strike like we all just leave everywhere and you know it's like it's like it's crazy it's absolutely crazy. I'll, I'll right. do whatever I'll do it you know right and you know I somebody I think somebody tweeted to me you know because I think I tweeted something about it and somebody said when will, will it, we are all complicit because we have to realize that electoral politics are not going to change things but then I'm like well then what 
what are we supposed to do? You know, that's the method. Right. That's the in a in a in a democracy, you know, that's the method is our electoral politics. So what are we supposed to do? And how, you know, I yes, I guess we're all complicit because we didn't we don't all do enough, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, to say that that false equivalency there that you're like, but there are certain people who are actively working right. to prevent basic basic regulations from to to get like to keep 18 year olds from purchasing you know weapons of war no it's it's important that we're talking about it too because it's what what, when will it stop people always just say oh just vote vote we have to vote and it's like yes we do but like it's a long time until november and this happened has happened how many times in the last two weeks have we had shootings so it's i know i gave money to beto yesterday i was like yeah I mean, it just feels like something to do, you know, mm-hmm. it's we're, we're living in a crazy time, too. And has COVID greatly affected the company of Funny Girl at all? We have so far, knock on wood, because things have been rapidly moving around the city lately. But so far, we've been mostly OK. okay. Um, we have an incredible testing system in place that oh, other nice. shows don't. I don't think other producers don't necessarily pay for. Like we have a very fancy, expensive system in place, (laughs) but we PCR test via saliva, which is even more sensitive than the nasal PCRs every day we're at the theater. So I I'm PCR testing six days a week and these PCRs and everybody who steps backstage does this. So it's not just the actors. It's every crew member, every musician, um, you know, anybody who happens to, work on, you know, any creative per- team member who comes back for a day, if they want to come backstage, they have to PCR. And the salivas, I guess, are, are supposedly so se- sensitive that they can catch it if you, they catch it like a day before you are infectious. So wow. the few people that we've ca- gotten, they get basically get removed out of the community backstage before they manage to spread it because also except unless you're an actor on stage you are wearing your mask the look worst mask you're allowed to wear is kf94 like you have to wear that or above kn95 n95 so unless you're an actor on stage or a wind musician playing your (laughs) trumpet you know you have to wear the mask and so it really keeps it from spreading like the system really really works and so i think i can say this that ramin obviously yeah. was out for 10 days um that was in the press yeah but, he posted um, about had, it too yeah <laughs> yeah so i think yeah that's not hipaa we're not you know supposed <laughs> to but i think he said it um but we've been so far pretty okay and i know other shows have been calling in people and they're on book and they're in masks and they're canceling and we haven't had to do that and i think it's because um, of this phenomenal system that the producers have been very, I mean, it's, I would say generous, but it protects their investment too right. of the show. I mean, we, da- we don't have to shut down. Right. So. And I mean, this show is so in demand. I mean, when it was announced that Funny Girl was coming back, much like the Into the Woods announcement, I feel like there were pre-sales. Everyone was excited. It was like the biggest news ever. Were you announced as the standby for Fanny immediately they announced that beanie was cast and i saw that press release and i sent it to my agent and i said i would like to be her standby (laughs) you're kidding no (laughs) i was like i think this is great casting and i would like i gosh in a dream world i'd like to be her standby and they were like 
okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think more casting came out. Ramin was announced. Jane was announced. uh, Jared was announced. And uh, I didn't get an audition. I think they were seeing a number of people and, I didn't get in the door until November of oh, 2021. Like it was not, it was later in the game, I think. And um, I made a tape and I was like, they're never going to cast me, you know, like m- little old me, you know? And then, um, and then I got a call back and then I was like, they're never going to cast me. <laughs> and so, and I think that attitude actually helped me be relaxed in my audition. And then I got it. And I, I still like, was like, my agent called and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? are you positive like i just kept being like i'm gonna show up and they're gonna be like no no we we thought we meant to offer it to somebody else (laughs) so was this like a dream role you know i have a weird relationship with this which is that it should have been but i never saw funny girl growing up i don't know how a jewish musical theater girl from you know like doesn't see funny girl but it just wasn't in our house i was obsessed with like Meet Me in St. Louis and Sound of Music and Grease and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which has not aged well. No. Um, <laughs> and, um, and also like Grease too. Like there were other ones that were in my life. And Funny Girl just never made it into my DVD player. I don't know how. And so I didn't know it. And um, in grad school, which I did, I went back and did my master's and I graduated in spring of 2021 so it was a year ago oh my gosh. exactly congrats and um thank you yeah and uh i was in it's an acting program and but they have a singing class and there are a lot of act actors who have not ever sung before and like some people who are like they're tone deaf or whatever and 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 um it was my favorite class of because course. not because i loved i mean i obviously love to use the time to sing but i just think i mean hearing people who didn't believe in themselves or felt shy about their voice. I mean, I just think something about your singing voice. It's so vulnerable. And so to watch people, I had like this master teacher, Deb Lapidus, um, who teaches both at the NYU grad and the Juilliard program. She's like their singing teacher. And I think she's just a master at really making people understand that singing is just an extension of storytelling. And it's, it's just opening up your soul and your heart in a different way to the room. And so watching people, find their voices like it was the most moving poignant experience I mean I just I cried like (laughs) every class you know because I was just like it's so beautiful to watch people connect with this parts of these parts of themselves but I was looking for a song to work on I was like I don't know what to work on and this girl who's a year ahead of me she said yeah have you ever heard the greatest star and I was like no I don't know it and she was like I feel like it'd be good for you and it's like okay so I learned it for class and I worked on it in class it's a doozy I know it's a doozy. And I was like, I love this song. And so then I started learning. I like had a concert, you know, and I was like, and uh, I had done once in, uh, I've done once a few places, but I did once at the Hangar Theater. And um, that in Ithaca? I did that in Ethica. Yeah. Mm. And that was the, the right after I graduated. It was lit- it was crazy. I got, I graduated and then I got married like a couple weeks later. And then I went a week after that and did once. And, and when I did once we were outdoors cause it was a pandemic and we got rained out of half of our performances. So yes. when they invited me back to sing in their fundraising concert, we put together this set and we were like, I was like, maybe I should do a song about like rain. And so I was like, I should learn don't rain on my parade. <laughs> so I learned don't rain on my parade. I sang it there. And then my audition came in for funny girl, like, a month after that. So I knew some of the songs I learned people, you know, but like I, I, 
for that audition and um, loved it, but I um, didn't really know it. So like, I always knew that like, oh, Fanny Bryce is a role that people have maybe mentioned to me, but sure. I didn't know it that well. And I think ultimately that's been a blessing because I think if I had grown up, you know, watching Barbara do it and listening to Barbara do it, all that, that would just be impossible. You, you just can't, I mean, how do you, I know. how do you compare with like that complete perfection? Right. So it's like, I just think it was, help. so then once I had my, once I got a call back, I watched the movie with Barbara and I just to get a sense of the show better. And she was amazing. But I was like, OK, I'm going to watch it once and then never and yeah. then not until this whole thing is over, because I just didn't want to be completely, you know, trying to imitate her or something, you know. Right. Yeah, that, so, that makes total yeah, sense. That's a sort of a long winded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long winded no, 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 answer. No, not long winded at all, because it's such an interesting journey that I mean, I feel like when you know, especially when the news that Beanie Feldstein was going to be leading this production, people were just so excited that a Jewish mm -hmm. woman was going to be leading this production. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to hear that you as a Jewish woman, it didn't necessarily, wasn't like the thing that you were raised on. And so I love that that kind of worked to your I know. Though. Beanie's been like singing Don't Rain On My Braids since she was three years old I and know. like two or two years old. And I literally like learned it like... <laughs> Like last year, <laughs> like, and we, we completely different experiences of course. coming to the same, same show and same role, you know? So did they, did they um, give you literally like a binder of things to know for the callbacks? You know, I was surprised at how I didn't have to do that much. Um, oh, that's nice. You know, I did, I did for the callback, I did like two scenes and two songs, which honestly I've done more than that for a first audition sometimes, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> Uh, I was surprised. I was like, don't they need to see more to know that I, that they want me? Right. <laughs> but I think I've heard other people say sometimes that that the mark of a sort of a, a mature director um, and a, a mature team is like somebody who they don't feel insecure enough in their decision-making process that they need to see you do the whole play. Like they can tell from their feeling from five or 10 minutes that this is a fit or not a fit, you know? Yeah. Oh, that kind of gave me a chill that then they just had that feeling about you. That's so special. You were born <laughs> to be Fanny. I did like in the audition, in the callback, like the music director was like, do you know the music that makes me dance? And like, as I've mentioned, like, no, I don't know. Funny. <laughs> and music that makes me dance wasn't even in the movie. So mm. I really was like, I was like, no. And so he was like, come over to the piano. And so he started teaching me the end of music that makes me dance. And I had to like cold sing it right there in front of everybody, like learning it, reading it off the page. And I was like, and he was like, great, thank you. And I was like, I came out and there was another woman, you know, sitting outside and she was like, did, did I miss something from the audition oh. packet? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> I know. It's interesting to hear your relationship to Funny Girl, too, because I feel like that's been a lot of the conversation this season, at least amongst people around our age, is what was our relationship to Funny Girl? Because it's never, it hasn't been done on Broadway until now since, you know what I mean, since originally. Yeah. And then the film. Well, So when we went to go see the show, actually, the, the first performance after you guys opened, which was so mm -hmm. fun to be at, and then right before Ramin was out for a little bit. So we were like, oh, my God, th there's so much happening on Broadway right now. But it was our first experience with the show. And I think that's been such a cool conversation conversation piece with people who are going to see it is a new generation is experiencing funny girl truthfully my exposure to the material for better or worse embarrassing or not was through leah michelle's performances on glee which i'm sure i think a lot of you people hear a lot right i think a lot of yeah. people yeah and i guess i'm curious and i know you're online and 
the Leah Michelle's relationship to Funny Girl conversation is ever present because she did it on Glee and Ryan Murphy had the rights and people were like, she was going to do it on Broadway. Do you guys talk about that as a cast? Like the rumors that she's coming in at some point to do it? Is that like a thing you guys talk about? I mean, I think we're just like consumers like anybody. Yeah. So we're like, hey, like I read this crazy yeah. thing. But, you know, it's it's like I think it's one of those things where you go, you know, you, you can't believe everything. You yeah, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. We just go like, you see that rumor, you know? I mean, I've read some interesting rumors about myself uh, <laughs> lately <laughs> or like not even read or, but, you know, I had a num- some people coming up to me. They're like, uh, actually, Deb Lapid is the one who was my teacher yeah. working on Great to Star with me. She was like, there's this rumor that you and Lainey Kazan and Shirley MacLaine like all had a Zoom together. Is that true? I was like. Drama, what? drama. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so were you technically like, the Lainey of this production? Because was or was Lainey supposed to come in and replace Barbara? Lainey was no Lainey was Barbara's standby was, okay. or yeah. And so she and she I think went on for one day. It was like one two mm-hmm. show day and then she was gone. So Barbara um, had not had, didn't want any more of that. From what I heard. This I don't yeah, know. That's, that's this what is, I see, heard. I, you, you can't. Allegedly. But that's the thing. Allegedly, mm-hmm. I had a Zoom with Lainey and Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> so allegedly is like really, really, you uh, know. Yeah. I have never heard that before. I'm, I, I must have like a huge blind oh. spot for like funny girl stuff. But that's funny. About what I said, Connor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So so you your first time going on, though, it was there were scheduled dates and it was shortly after opening. Yeah, it was. We opened on Sunday and then I was on on Friday. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I was on for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, um, you know, I knew I'd known for months that I had these days coming and I was my stomach was just like completely in knots, you know, because imagine. also you don't get a lot of time to rehearse, you know, opening and all the preview process and all that stuff. You know, there's no time to think about the covers and, you know, you know, you don't get a lot of time. And there were a couple days of like where in previews, they, they said, you know, oh, we're just adjusting some lighting cues. And so, you know, we don't really need Beanie to come in. So Julie, can you stand on that ladder while we fix the light? Mm -hmm. So I'd had a couple of chances to be on the set and, you know, not in costume and, or anything, but to at least be on the set under some lights to start getting comfortable on the space. It was not a lot, you know, sure. and I and we had I had maybe two days of understudy rehearsal with the other covers okay. on the set. And then, you know, the day that was supposed to be my I was supposed to have my put in on Thursday and then I was going to go on on Friday. But then I, w- I woke up Thursday morning to a text from my stage manager saying, can you call me when you get up? <laughs> and, um, you know, it was Ramin had tested positive. Right. And so that put in became for his standby, Jeremiah James. And so then they said, well, Beanie's going to be in with Jeremiah tonight. And so and then tomorrow you'll be in. So we're going to have you do your put in tomorrow. So I ended up doing my put in on Friday. I did the show Friday night. I did two shows Saturday. I did one show Sunday. And um, let me tell you, I was like, I don't think I've ever been more stressed in my whole life. I mean, my whole life, it was, I think it was a special, unique kind of stress that I hope I never experience again (laughs) because (laughs) because there's a certain level of stress that I think comes with playing the role and pressure of feeling like you're carrying the show, which honestly, Beanie is such a rock star to, to have to 
deal with that all of the time. <sighs> but I think the, the the added stress of knowing I had never done it with the people that I was going to be doing it with or have any of the rehearsal, the benefit of like having it in my body, you know, having having the stamina from having done it, all of that stuff there was just going to be so much new sensory information coming at me at once that I, and and then the fear of COVID was so high. Like I was convinced that I was going to get COVID and that I was going to miss the weekend, you know? And so I was like, I was, I stopped. I didn't see anybody. (laughs) I was like, I was, you know, really being super, super careful, even, you know, among our incredibly highly tested, right. I wouldn't take my mask off to eat at the theater. Like I was being, I was just being really, really, I was like, what if I get COVID? Oh my God, you know, I'll, this, this, this might be my only time I get to play Fanny Bryce on Broadway. (laughs) And, um, and so as soon as it was over, it actually took me like a week to feel like I could return to normal, like the, the stress hormones Mm -hmm. going through my body. Like I couldn't eat really I couldn't I wasn't sleeping like I I was had like adrenaline overdose like I was up at 6 a.m like for the whole week oh. like I was just I was just I was just like oh my god I can't believe that happened I can't believe that happened <laughs> and what relief I'm sure too that you felt like because I mean the word on the street immediately after your first performance like we said earlier I mean we weren't lying when we said that people were saying that you were a revelation and a shining star like everyone was gagging for you, Julie. Oh, like it, thank you. It, it, it is an event to see. We get to see two different types of Fanny Bryce's on Broadway. If you, if people are lucky enough to see you or lucky enough to see Beanie, it's we're, we're blessed right now as theater fans, oh. you know, so congrats to you. And, Thanks. and I, I hope that I get the chance to see you. I, I wish I would have known you were going on that first weekend because, you know, as a guilty one, we run deep. So well, I, I, had to I, I, there are some, some dates scheduled um, for okay. the end of August. So there is, mm-hmm. there is a, you will have a chance as long as, okay. you know, knock on wood, COVID and all of the rest, you know, know, and all the rest. Oh, well, congrats. I, I'm so excited for you and hope I get the chance to see you. Oh, now we thanks. do, we, you know, you mentioned that you watched not necessarily Funny Girl, but some other movie musicals growing up. We do like to go back to your early days of kind of when you got bitten by the bug. We call it your ring of keys moment. Do you feel as though this might've been a movie? It might've been a performance. So it could have been anything. Do you feel as though you had a ring of keys moment early on in your career or life? I always loved going to shows and, and I always loved being in, you know, drama club and stuff. And, but, um, you know, I thought I was a good singer and my, nobody, my parents were like, you're not, <laughs> you know, I was like, mom, can I get voice lessons? They were like, why would you want voice lessons? Like Sarah, who lives three doors down can sing, not you. <laughs> like it was. Um, then I did the summer before my freshman year of high school, I did, there was like a youth Les Mis, you know, student, uh, student, Les student edition that they did at this local community teen theater where, you know, you, there was no cost to it being, you just sold, like you did a pie sale. You were supposed to sell $300 worth of pies to be in it or something. Oh, interesting. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, that was my first time, like in a full length show, you know, that wasn't like drama club in middle school. And I had the best time. I was in the ensemble. I was, I was like turning woman number two or something, you know, I think I was milking a cow. Um, and I, (laughs) I just had such a great time. And then that was sort of the start of it. But then, um, the end of that summer, I went to see a local community theater production at the JCC of, um, the secret garden. And in the, in the program was a slip, like auditions for Fiddler on the Roof coming this fall. And so I was like, I want to audition for Fiddler. And I 
this is, this is sort of legendary in my family, this moment, because, um, you know, I said to my dad, you know, can you drive me to the audition? And he was like, okay. And then my sister was like, I want to come. She's my younger sister's, um, she's four years younger. So she was like 10 and she said, I want to come And my mom was like, well, you're not, I'm not sitting here all alone. So she came and then I did the audition and the director, uh, her name's Toby silver. She we're still close. And she, um, she saw me audition and she sees my dad and she was like, sir, can you audition? Like we, we were desperately in need of papas. My dad said, I don't do this. Like I do is I'm in business, you know? And she was like, please, you can sing happy birthday, please. And he's, she, he said, fine. And then they saw my little sister and they said, you know, we need some little girls. Cause the audition had said, Oh, 12 and up or something. Mm. So she didn't think she was allowed to audition, but they said, no, we actually need some little girls. And so, all of us ended up cast in the show. What about your mom? <laughs> and she was like, again, she was like, I'm not sitting home alone. So she, my, so my mom played a villager. She was like selling bagels or something. And my, you know, my, my sister was Bielka and I was Huddle yeah. and my dad was, my dad was Red Morka, the innkeeper. And my uncle, by the way, was like the cultural consultant. Like, <laughs> you know, he like helped set the wedding properly and all this stuff. And, you know, it was like this amazing community theater production, really amazing. And, um, that was the turning point for me where mm. I, I got the bug. I fell in love with it. Um, in a, in a way that, you know, it's been a lifelong love affair. Right. And that woman, Toby, who was the director, she became my, my acting teacher. Oh. I went to take lessons with her every week and she, uh, ran this summer arts program that I went to as a camper in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then I became, I worked for her as a counselor once I graduated from high school and she was a major mentor and she sat my parents down like that year of Fiddler. And she basically said, I think that, you know, Julie has something that she could actually pursue this. And I had never thought of doing that before. And mm -hmm. um, so that, and then she encouraged me to, you know, apply college and she helped me with my college audition monologues and all that stuff. So she really got it going, but that was the moment. And I have to say that was the moment for a lot of us in our family. And my dad is the president and treasurer of the local community theater in our hometown. Oh. He and he continues to play Scrooge every winter. Um, oh <laughs> every Christmas he's Ebenezer Scrooge and he's played all these roles. Um, he's like famous in our area for playing all these roles. <laughs> and my sister became a director and now a writer, like a, a playwright. And um, we weren't like, a, I mean, we always liked seeing shows, but we weren't a theater family. We became a theater family from that. And I, I never looked back. So Fiddler on the Roof was really, it changed all our lives. And, and so then to be in it on Broadway was like this huge full circle moment. And then my grandma, you know, came, saw me play Hava in that. And, you know, it was just, that was this, huge full circle moment. Oh my you know. God. That that's an incredible story. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know that story too. Like that is so special. And I, we saw you cover Samantha Massell when you went on, is that huddle or Hava? Yep. Huddle, huddle. So how fun that we saw you as huddle the same role. Oh my that you, God. The same role that I, yeah. that began it all. And um, your rendition yeah, of Far From the Home I Love was just chilling and beautiful. And oh, thank you. Yeah. That, that revival. Was that revival, magical. I know. I know. Bart Shear is a genius. Danny Burstein is a genius and the nicest, kindest man alive. And Jessica Hecht is like just the most amazing human. And mm -hmm. it, we're still, I'm still close with a lot of people from that show, you know, including Al Silber. Yes. And, you know, they, it was very much uh, 
a shtetl. You know, it, it continues to be, I think, that community. Not every show sort of sticks together after, you know, people go their separate ways. They have lots of going on in their career. Mm-hmm. But Fiddler, it is very much like that community is still still there. I, I saw Carl Kensler, who played the constable in that, like he wrote a play and I was at his re- reading of his new play on Monday with Jenny Baker, who was Sprintza. Like it's, we're <laughs> all still friends, you know? That's really beautiful. That's so special. Yeah. I love, I yeah. love to hear that because ultimately a cast can be like a second family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, before, you know, before this full circle moment happened, we we obviously mentioned that you did Spring Awakening on the road. Where in your journey did this sort of happen? And what was your experience with Spring Awakening before you joined the first national tour? Oh, my God. So Spring Awakening, I saw it when I was like 17 was, a, I think I came, it came out and I, I maybe got tickets for my birthday um, to go and just thought it was so amazing. And um, I had gotten an agent when I was around 18. Like actually that Toby oh. lady, she knew yeah. somebody in the city who knew somebody. And, you know, I ended up with an agent and she, when I met her, yeah, I was 18 and I sang, I could have danced all night in her office. And she was, <laughs> she was like, so um, she cried. And then she goes, you need to be in spring awakening. And so I got an audition for it. Literally, I think, I went in for that show like eight times, like for the Broadway and the tour. I had a final callback to go in. I think it was, was it Aaron Merman who booked that part? Um, it was like to replace Anna. Yeah, it was like to replace Anna mm-hmm. for something like for a stretch of time and then become a swing. It was like a final callback on the day that I moved into college. So my <laughs> parents, like I, we packed up the car, they drove the car to my dorm and I went to my audition and then I met them at, the dorm and was we were unpacking the car and I was checking my phone and if I booked that we were just going to pack the car back up again and find somewhere else to live so like Um, slowly undoing the (laughs) (laughs) but like I didn't get it I didn't get it and then I went in over that freshman year of college I went in a number more times and I didn't get it and I didn't get it and then the last day of I was on my way to turn in my last paper to put it in my professor's (laughs) mailbox and my phone rang and I was it was like you're gonna go on the tour um with spring awakening which by the way that one of my auditions for that, they, we literally were standing on the stage of the Eugene O'Neill and they had us come out in like little groups of, and we would watch two or three other people in our group perform. I was in a group with Krista Piope mm-hmm. and I also, Caitlin Kinnanen was there. Like we switched times because of some something. I forget why, but they like handed us a microphone and we went out and sang like my junk and whispering and all the, you know, these songs. And I literally, like, I remember they handed me like Jonathan Groff's microphone to go out and (laughs) sing. And I was like, what is happening right now? You know, that doesn't happen anymore. They don't. Yeah. That's the only time that's ever happened to me where I did an audition (laughs) on stage. And so I, I mean, that was wild. And then, you know, then I didn't get it and I didn't get it. And then to finally get it was just, I think I, I was standing in the street, um, and I just broke down hysterically crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to really be an actor. And I, I just was so excited. And what's cool now, you know, Michael Mayer directed that production. And for, on opening night, you know, he sent me, he wrote me this card. And he just said, I feel like Mr. Keeney in Funny Girl, because it was like, I knew you when you were just some kid at Keeney's. And now you're like, the, you know, a diva, you know, it was oh. like, it was so sweet, like, to feel like, um, that he's 
so cool that he's been like a champion of mine now mm -hmm. for for a long time. I mean, it's it, it's you don't yeah. know, you know, you don't know which people you're gonna end up working with again or not, and when the right thing that they're working on calls for you. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. project is so unique and calls for certain talent, certain people, certain energies. You know, you've had such cool experiences. I love the the symbolic nature of you moving into college and having this, <laughs> you know, audition and then you're turning in your final paper for your end of your first year. And then, so you finish your first year of college and then you go out on the road, which I'm sure was like a, like a first year of college experience on its own being in this, you know, high profile show. That's all young people. Totally trucked, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, and it was before the internet. I mean, not before the internet, but it was before, I mean, Facebook wasn't that big yet. Like it was, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that the guilty ones had the message board, I mean, now we live in a completely different world, but like Twitter yeah. wasn't around, you know, it wasn't. No Instagram. Yeah, or maybe Twitter was just around, but it was very. I think very, it just started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very different world to be in, even at that time, right? As everything was changing, you know, digitally. But um, yeah, that was, I mean, to be, we were all like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. We're just like a bunch of unsupervised teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> who was like your squad? Like who who would you hang out with the most of that bunch? My best friend uh, in that show was Jake Epstein and uh, oh, we're, yes. we're still, we're still close buds. And um, I mean, he lives in Canada, so I don't get to see him mm -hmm. very much, but um, yeah, he's, he's still a good friend. Of Degrassi um, fame, yeah. of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and, and then beautiful, the Carol King musical. Yes. Jake and I were roommates when he booked that musical. Um, so I played Carol King in our living room a lot. <laughs> I, I would pay to see it. I would pay to see it, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I love Julie, them. Julie, you are so eloquent in the way that you tell these stories. It's, it's, it's amazing. And you know what I can also tell is that we're sort of at a new precipice in your career. And so I feel like there's so much ahead for you as well. So oh, congrats to you on everything so far. Thank you. I mean- who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. The world keeps surprising us every day. So. I know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. True words never spoken. I mean, it's drama. And, you know, speaking of drama, we do like to end our chats on a dose of drama. And oh, yeah. it's like a little pop culture <laughs> recommendation or something you want to share with the listeners. You could rant about something, rave about something, anything you want to promote anything that's on your mind. And I mentioned earlier that there is something on my mind. So I'm going to kick it off today. Right. And, okay. you know, Into the Woods is transferring to Broadway and Patina Miller is going to be playing the witch. And I think she's going yeah. to slay. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad that we don't have some sort of cast recording or some official version of Heather Headley's version of the witch because, y'all, her, her interpretation of the role, both acting and singing, was singular i was hearing these songs that i've heard hundreds of times in a new way and it was mm. so special and maybe it was one of those lightning in a bottle history making turns that we we get to see but oh, i'm feeling dramatic about it because i know i know she can't do it probably because of her netflix show that got picked up for new season or i don't know you never know she i'm sure she stays booked but but i know she does um <laughs> yeah. she was so good and i'm sad that people not everyone will get to see it this summer. I'm sad I don't get to see it, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Patina will be great. But man, I mean, I saw a tiny clip of her doing, I think was it with um it was with Shireen. Um mm -hmm. I think it was a clip of Stay With Me. Mm -hmm. And uh God, yeah, that, I mean like, I need more. I just need yeah. more. 
Um, <laughs> another side note: I played the witch in uh, in high school. We <laughs> got our little production right here. Oh my god! I Julie. think there, I think there's a video somewhere. You know, you still and know I, the rap. Oh, beans, beans, parsley, pepper ridge. But no, I guess I don't. Is the answer. <laughs> it's a tricky one. It is tricky. It is tricky. When Heather was doing it, I thought she messed up at one point, but I was like, no, I think I was just singing it wrong all these years. Like, she definitely nailed the lyrics. Oh, my God. Um, Dylan, do you have a dose of my rutabaga. Now I'm, it's coming back to Oh, me. yeah, there you Re- go. Reading my arugula. Yeah. <laughs> tonight, like before the show. Well, are you going on tonight or is it? Uh, no. No. Okay. Okay. Not as far as I know. I mean, let me check. Week. Yeah. Let me check my texts. No. Okay. So do you live in constant anticipation of like getting an email that says, Julie, call me? Uh, y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as an anxious person, that would, that would actually maybe be the worst job in the world. Like you're like, Oh cool. Like I get to, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, I mean, I imagine you get paid for being there, but you get paid and you get to yeah, like yeah. To have your free days. You don't, you know, mm-hmm. every day isn't as stressful, but the stress of like, maybe would kill me. And it's like, I feel like I have to act as though I'm going on, but then I'm, I'm not. <laughs> So, so I think I just have to, I just am used to now being in this sort of flow of like, treat your body like, like it's in performance mode so that when performance mode does happen, I do get like, when that happens, I do start to get like some nerves, they happen and my stomach gets weird and like, you know, all that stuff. But I think the more that I do that, it like helps maintain just some of the, the stress of like, oh my God, what if I get a call, you know, because I, it it happens like it, it has, it happened last weekend, you know? And so (laughs) Um, so speaking of of that, I know you mentioned that your drama might have to do with some, oh. some upcoming dates. Do you have a dose of drama for us today? Oh, yes. Yeah. So my dose of drama is, so my next dates to sked, to go on for Fanny yeah. are, they're public. It's not like a big secret, but um, August 26th, 27th, 28th, I'm planning to go on for Fanny. And on August 26th, to sort of coincide with that weekend, my album is dropping. Oh, my and gosh. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, my husband and I, my husband, his name is Jason Yeager. He's a jazz pianist. And he is, I mean, he's amazing. And I like him a lot. Um, <laughs> he's, he and I, like, in basically quarantine, we were each other's sole collaborators for a long time. And um, we ended up developing some arrangements for just us. And so then we decided to record them and um, that is being dropped a August 26th. And then we're doing a CD release concert at Birdland on the Monday, the August 29th. So that's like going to be a big weekend of like the, the album coming out. And um, in fact, so what's crazy is like when we heard the song people, when I was auditioning mm-hmm. and I didn't know I had a callback cause it took a while for that callback to come back we learned the song, we were in the middle of recording. And so we were like, we love this song. So we yeah. came up with our own arrangement of it. We recorded it and finished the album. And, you know, and then it turned out that I booked the part. So our version of people, which is different than the, yeah. it's in a yeah. different, it's in a different key. It's just us, you know, there aren't violins or anything, yeah. but like it's, <laughs> it's a uh, people is on it. And, um, and a, a host of other some Broadway songs, a couple originals, some sort of classic rock, like, but, and we do like, Ooh, it's duo, it's piano voice, but we, because it's a, it's recorded and not live, we were able to do like overdubbing stuff. So he plays, he also plays 
some percussion um, and I play the flute and the clarinet and like it's there's like all this other stuff we added in because <laughs> we were like look what we can do when it's just the two of us playing around in a studio yeah. <laughs> so, I, I read on I think it was on your website that your lifelong dream was to learn clarinet so I'm glad to know that you you did it it was yeah that was my pandemic project it's actually okay. it's right there it's standing on a <laughs> like I keep it out to like make myself practice I haven't you know since funny girl, like yeah. I don't have a whole lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. What's the album called? It's called hand in hand, um, mm. which is from a, a lyric from one of the songs we cover, which is a traditional jazz song called um, uh, Louisiana fairy tale. Um, and uh, it said, there's this lyric that's like hand in hand. We stroll along the trail and the, the world is at our feet. The picture is complete like a Louisiana fairy tale. Oh, so, um, so hand in hand, since like, we also like, you know, it's like cute because we're like married well, yeah. and we like hold hands. And oh my gosh, stuff. I love it. And so <laughs> you obviously also have your first jazz album, which is all jazz, but this is a little bit more of a variety. Yeah. And you did Love for Sale before Gaga and Tony Bennett. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's Wait, so Dylan. exciting. Did Dylan, did you do a dose of drama? I can't remember. I don't know if I did, but I will say anyone who has not watched the second season of Hacks yet on HBO, it is hysterical and Gene Smart is amazing. All the, everything everyone already says, but it is a amazing, must. Yeah. yeah, and Harriet Harris is in an episode and it, it's, it, the, every time I think like, oh, that's like that episode of the season that I love, then another one comes out and I'm like, oh, that's the one that I love more. So it's it's really oh, a so great good. second season. Mm-hmm. Yay. Well, Julie, this has been so fun. And thank you for hanging out with us for this hour. Yeah, I am excited for your for summer ahead. Me. Seriously, you've got some great stuff on our birthday weekend, I will say. So maybe maybe we'll be around. <laughs> oh, happy birth. So I guess that makes you what? That makes you a, no, it's not. No, I'm trying to remember, think of what your sign is. You're not. Oh, well, yeah, we're Virgo. We're August Virgo, 30th. yeah. We're August 30th. Yeah. So yeah, Virgos, yeah. Virgos. What is mm-hmm. that? It's your birthday. March 24th. Aries. Aries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Virgos and Aries get along well. Now, Julie, the people can find you at Juju Julie. Yes. Julie B. Yeah. Julie B. J U J U. It's like the Juju B candy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Juju Julie B. And I'm on the I'm on the, the gram and the Twitter and the, the and I just started TikToking. That's my Oh amazing. Yeah, I, it's like my new addiction. Yeah, that'll be perfect with the album too. You can put little find some fun stuff to to put up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, I have I to it. say, I love that you're allowed to share photos of yourself as Fanny. I mean, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if no one stopped you yet, don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like the, you know, the curtain calls, it's like they let people take photos at the curtain call. So that's sort of fair game. And the other ones were just like mm-hmm. my put in rehearsal where like everyone else is in like jeans and T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you found your loophole oh, you, your loophole yeah, is there but yeah thank you so much this was such a lovely chat and i i can't wait to see you shine i can't wait for your album like only good things to come thanks julie thank you thanks so much for having me it's so nice to talk to you yeah and of course everyone should follow us at the drama podcast connor at connor mcdowell me at dylan mcdowell and connor i will see you next time drama, drama.